Hello everyone, I'm Mark Tomasetti and welcome to the December episode of the Flight Test Safety Podcast. It's hard to believe that 2021 is coming to a close. Hopefully the upcoming holidays mean some time off to spend with family and friends. Now I want to give a little personal twist on this month's look back in aviation history. And this is not something that you're going to find in the history books or looking it up on Google. But back in December of 1990, I found myself deployed to Saudi Arabia as a member of Marine Attack Squadron 542. Our squadron had 20 day attack AV-8B Harrier jets and a little over 200 Marines. We were resigning ourselves to the fact that we would not be home for the holidays as the situation in Kuwait was still in play. Now, flying on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day is not at all a normal occurrence, even in the military, but that year we did. We launched two divisions, which is eight aircraft, with the intent to fly over Allied positions in the area of operations and try to bring them a little holiday cheer. Now, if you're familiar with communications protocols in aviation, particularly military aviation, when the flight lead comes on the radio for a flight check-in, each member of the flight acknowledges with their respective number. For example, I would say something like, turbo flight check, and you would hear two, three, four. Well, for that day, we changed things up a little bit and had each member check in with a temporary call sign. We filed the flight plan as Sierra Alpha November Tango Alpha Flight, which of course spells Santa. And as we changed radio frequencies with airspace control and with any of the ground units we could contact, this is what you would have heard if you were listening in that day. Santa flight check. Dasher. Dancer. Prancer. Vixen. Comet. Cupid. Donner. Woodson. Upon which we would wish those on the other end of the radio happy holidays to all and to all a good day. Being a test pilot has given me a lot of opportunities to do some pretty amazing and memorable things in airplanes. But I have to tell you that flight over the desert that December is one I will never forget. In our last episode, we started a conversation with Mike Sting Wallace and talked about some of his experience, lessons learned, and philosophy regarding flight test. If you haven't had a chance to listen, please add it to your to-do list. This month, we will conclude our discussion, and Sting shares his thoughts on his time as a member of the Society of Experimental Test Pilots to include his time as president of the Society. I had asked Sting to share an experience from his vast flight test career that he thought would be beneficial and that might provide some great lesson learned for our listeners. And he shared us a great one about an episode that occurred at an air show. But he still had more to give. So let's get back to Trader Sam's Tiki Bar Lounge and listen in. That's one example. You know, I, I do have others. Um, I mean, there was one I related to the junior officers that I mentor on those test technique fans is um, a situation where I canceled a flight. I canceled a test flight. Uh, we're doing a ground loads demo with a Super Hornet, which a ground loads demo is where we're taking the aircraft and basically landing it in very um, extreme situations, high sink rates, off nominal pitch attitude, roll attitude, yaw attitudes, and things like that for carrier suitability. So in this case, we were doing full external fuel tank testing. Pretty late in the program, We've been doing ground loads demo for about two and a half years at this point, but this was a fairly new loading and we were moving our way forward. It was high sink rate testing. And the day prior, uh, there was a little fuel venting out of the tanks every time we took an arrested landing. The safety monitors were concerned about that. Um, the people at the arresting gear site really didn't seem to care much, but somehow the safety folks had ended up talking to the the aircraft mechanics 
and they had convinced them to cap the vents on the external fuel tanks. Now, and every morning when we brief the flight, we brief the status of the aircraft. So the status of the aircraft gets briefed, and I'm sitting in here, and I hear that the vents have been capped. And these tanks are full of 3,000 pounds of fuel. There's three tanks. And it's the summertime. You know, it's 90, 95 degrees out. So I just think, like, you know, uh, Boyle's Law, you know, PV equals RT. I'm like, well, so what's what's going to happen when these tanks heat up? What's the pressure going to be inside the tank? And there was just silence in the control room. And I thought, that's not a good thing. No one has an answer for this. And I said, who made the call to cap the tanks? Well, safety said that the fuel is venting. So it's okay. The vents are there for a reason, right? Uh, so they they couldn't answer my question. So I, I was a lieutenant now, okay? I wasn't like senior. I was a lieutenant in the Navy. And this is a major, major developmental flight test program. I told the team, I said, we're we're canceled. We're not going flying like that because we don't have the answers to this question. I'm not comfortable with that configuration of the airplane. So about five minutes later, I get called into the, the boss's office, and he is asking me, why did you cancel that flight? Because every day matters, right? Every day in flight test in a developmental program is money. It's, you know, stuff not getting done. And I told him what was going on. And um, he shook his head and he said, good call, Sting. You know, that was the right thing to do. So we fixed that and we were, you know, flying again the next day. Uh, we lost a day out of it. But in the end, you know, what could have happened? Um, maybe nothing. We might have gotten away with it, right, if I hadn't detected that bad decision. But what also could happen is we could have had a fuel tank burst open on a high sink arrested landing. And then who, who knows what else would have happened after that, right? So that was the, that was the point where I realized, like, okay, we have a lot of safety measurands in place and mitigations, but the reality is the test pilot could be the last link in the chain to make the decision to stop that bad thing from happening. So be ready to do that and understand that it's nobody's fault that these things occur. You know, bad decisions get made, but you could be the person that stops it from happening. So be ready to do that. Be that assertive skeptic. All right, and so as we're, we're wrapping up, because we need refills on our uh, sodas here at the Tiki Lounge, open mic. So if there's something you would want our listeners to know, and want to remember, hey, I remember when Sting Wallace said, fill in the blank, about, and it could be anything from your experience, whether it's a lesson learned or uh, an anecdote or something like that, what would, what would that be that thing that you'd want to share with everyone? Well, I, I feel like I've already maybe covered a lot of that. Um, you know, what I'll say as the president of SCTP is, if you're a test pilot, you know, definitely join the society. Um, don't hesitate. Um, you know, I, I did wait, you know, to the very end of my tour. Uh, I had already achieved, you know, enough qualifying flights to, to apply for membership well before that. But I got busy. You know, I know how it goes. It's like you just don't have the time necessarily. But I'll say as soon as you know that you've achieved your, your minimum amount of flights that will make you eligible as a member, go ahead and apply. And if, uh, if you have uh, graduated test pilot school, definitely sign up as a provisional associate member because that makes you a member. And then that gives you three years to upgrade at that point. So you, you could even have left your test squadron 
And as long as you haven't exceeded that three-year period, you can still upgrade a member by providing that information to the society. Uh, the benefits of membership are amazing. You know, for the price that you pay, um, you get the networking, which if you are looking for work in the test pilot you know, field, it's going to be a major asset to you. So I uh, highly encourage you to be a member just for that reason alone. Um, I mentioned already, you know, the benefit of the, uh, the database for the papers, the attending of the symposia, you get a discounted rate, you know, as you're, if you're a member to attend the symposia. Um, and then we also have a scholarship foundation. If you have school-aged children uh, and you happen to pass away for whatever reason, God forbid, but if you pass away, your children and your spouse both get covered for all scholarship, all college costs. Um, so that's a major, major insurance policy, okay, because we are in a risky business. You know, it's not common, thankfully, that test pilots uh, die in the line of duty. This does not even have to be. You could be in a car accident. You could have a health condition or whatever. So um, it's well worth it just in that regard if you have children of any age um, that will or are in college already. Um, and then we just started a new um, uh, aspect of the Scholarship Foundation where living members' children are now also eligible for partial scholarships. So that's worth, in my view, is worth it, you know, for your membership right there. Um, so it's not a lot, you know, um, if you compare it to those other professional societies like the uh, AMA or the ABA, you know, we're, we're much cheaper, you know, <laughs> as far as membership dues. Uh, we don't raise them that often. I think you were the last one to raise the dues. So, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> but it's but anyway, been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, it's still pretty cheap in my in my view, and the value of it is, is amazing. And even if you're not involved in the profession, still, it's still a great resource for you um, at, as far as those benefits that I just described. Um, or if for whatever reason you feel like you might want to get back into it or you're consulting or whatever the case may be, um, it keeps you engaged, right, with that uh, link to the society and all the papers, et cetera. So I just encourage everyone to join. Um, it's an international society. We welcome members from, you know, throughout the world. Um, you do have to earn your membership. So it's unlike those other professional societies where you just pay your dues and you're a member. Um, you do have to earn it through your experience as a test pilot. But it's it's really not that hard. If you have a, a, two, a two or three year tour as a test pilot, you're probably going to qualify. Um, so don't hesitate. Look it up on our website, you know, what the requirements are. But Put your application in. What I do for a lot of the folks that work in my organization, I, I review those applications for them as well. So find somebody who's a member and ask them to review your application if you're not a member. They'll help you uh, make sure you got the right kind of things in there to make you eligible for membership. All right, Sting, well, thanks for taking some time to talk with us today. Appreciate it. And I think we are definitely ready for refills on our sodas here at the uh, Trader Sam's Tiki Lounge at the Disneyland Hotel in California. Thanks again, Sting. All right. Aloha. It was great to be able to catch up with Sting and capture some of his thoughts and wisdom on flight tests and being a part of SCTP. Now, many of our listeners are part of either SCTP, SFTE, or AIAA, or maybe even some other professional organization. And for those of you who are, I'm sure you have your reasons why you joined and your reasons why you stayed with these organizations. They have a lot to offer. I joined SCTP in part because people I respected to told me I should. And as a young test pilot, I learned things that were helpful to me. 
But now as a former test pilot who doesn't fly airplanes anymore, you would think that the reasons for staying a member would change. And you would be right. Because now being a member of this professional organization, I learn things that I can do to be helpful to others. And membership gives me an opportunity to do just that. I'm sure there is some great cycle of life analogy I could make here, but that could put us on a whole different philosophical tangent and we certainly don't have enough tape left for that. So that's it for this month. Thank you for listening. I wish you and yours a happy and safe holiday season and end to 2021. And if you're looking for a New Year's resolution that doesn't require a gym membership, try sharing our podcast or sending us a comment and getting engaged. And until next year, be safe, be smart, and be ready. Santa flight check. Dasher. Dancer. Prancer. Dixon. Comet. Cupid. Donner. Blitzen. Happy holidays to all and to all a good day. The Flight Test Safety Podcast is sponsored by Time to Climb Training and Consulting. Motivate your team to succeed, accelerate towards your goals, and elevate to a higher level of performance. On the web at www.time2climb.com.